0: Speaks about the journey of self development, psychedelics, and even gives us an insider's perspective of what a Tony Robbins event is really like. For everyone listening, do you mind telling us a bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure thing. So, yeah, what's going on, everybody? My name is Greg Santos.
1: On today's episode is Ted Lawler.
0: When you come over to my page, when you listen to my podcast, hopefully you'll be inspired. Hopefully you'll be able to go out there and prove a point, you know, make people know who you are. Ted
1: is a young entrepreneur. Ted started out on a typical university path, working in a retail job that he wasn't enjoying until the idea of If Only They Knew came around.
0: There's been so many lessons that I've learned, you know, like the overriding theme. It's just that you just need to get started and it doesn't matter about your past.
1: So if you enjoy listening to Ted's story, if you hit the subscribe, follow button and leave us a review, we'd love that. Well, Ted, it's a bit of a background for listeners. Can you just sort of brief introduction of
0: yourself? Yeah, so I'm Ted Lawler. I'm 22. And whilst at uni, to sort of test my marketing skills, I started a group called If Only They Knew, which is now known as the hub for young business minds. So I create content to inform and inspire young people. And I've got a few other bits on the side, Manifestation Journal, Minds Kite, and I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later on.
1: Obviously, if only a new podcast, obviously it was in top 10. Massive congratulations on that. Yep. Series 2 just obviously starting to come out now. A couple of episodes have
0: come out. What can we expect from Series 2? A madness, mate, a madness. Honestly, I've got so many good guests lined up and um, from all walks of life. I'm trying to steer away from just being focused on the entrepreneurs. So I'm looking at professional athletes. I had a few last year. I'm looking to bring more back this year, podcasters, the whole lot really, and just sort of see what, a successful business mind really is and how do you get to that point because that's why i've said young business minds and not young entrepreneurs because i feel like even if you're a professional athlete or whatever field of life you're in you're still sort of in that business side of things because you're still thinking like a businessman would. So that's why I sort of trying to steer away from just entrepreneur because then that puts me in a box that I don't really want to be in, you know.
1: You mentioned, obviously, you said that whilst at uni you need to showcase your sort of marketing skills. But other than that, was there a different kind of reason why you decided to set it up as a little
0: driver at the start? Yeah, the main thing was testing my skills, but also just giving me that confidence. I felt so lost whilst at uni. I started it, I think, in my sort of halfway through the second year towards the end of the first year. So that sort of period. So, yeah, I just felt really lost. I knew I was good at business and like the academic side of things, but I just couldn't feel like I could put it into practice. I always thought if uni was to say, this is it, now you're done, like today, at that time, I knew I wouldn't be able to put anything into practice at all. I knew it all, but I just didn't have that real experience to sort of help keep me going, you know? So that was always in the back of my mind. Another reason was to sort of model the minds of the young entrepreneurs and I did that without even realizing that's only something I sort of realized I was doing uh, more recently you know I sort of look back and think wow the whole podcast and reaching out to people and asking them questions I guess it was to subconsciously model what they're doing and how they got to where they are so I could sort of pick up on that you know so yeah yeah I guess they were the main thing modeling the minds of people and sort of giving myself that experience that uni definitely weren't giving me at all do a lot of talks
1: for local colleges and the big topic we always speak to is you need the right thing. And kind of what you touched on there about sort of being practical. If you can make it practical whilst you're there, the skills that you're learning they'll stick. If it's not going to be practical, then it's not going to work. So obviously you making it practical by doing it only the new and stuff like that. It's kind of crazy, really. And now you can see because those skills stayed like you're doing quite well for yourself with if only the new series two just come out and the blogs I quite enjoy reading the blogs to be honest I just find it quite crazy because you've had a good reception from it and it's had a real positive impact on people's lives and do you ever kind of take a step back from it all really and look at where it started where you are now and the impact it's had on people and just think wow
0: like, h- how does that feel yeah to be fair like I was always sort of like head beneath the sand sort of thing like digging myself like digging down and down just trying to get to the next thing the next thing I never really sort of popped my head up and sort of seen what I actually created until fairly recently just through speaking to some of the people that followed me and like we just started chatting and I didn't realize how many people have actually connected through my page so I had somebody on my podcast who then looked through my old episodes and then connected with somebody else they like the sound of and now they're doing business together So it's just stuff like that. I never would have, you don't really think of that, do you? You're just doing what you're doing, putting the content out there. You don't really see what people are doing sort of in that ecosystem, I guess, I've created without realizing. But no, it's, it's a powerful feeling really. And I've started getting into like mind therapy and stuff and I'm really looking at helping people more directly. So I think, I was sort of helping people without realizing knowing that now, I think that's so powerful for me because that, that's what I love doing, you know. Cause then it's been sort of domino effects. Also I know
1: you mentioned that you're doing stuff with mind Kite now, some more mental health and also manifestation journal. So Ellie Jo, who I work with, she's a character and I've said to her that I'm gonna mention it today, she's completely fine with it. We were looking at some, I think it was a of social media post and she had like a journal it as well and she put nose job on there i've already asked her if she cares but i mentioned it she doesn't care at all but i thought she said new job and i was like you <laughs> cheeky little bit i was like hold on i was like have you actually just written new job while sat next to me yeah. in the office and i looked i was like what's that and she tried to explain it to me and i, I didn't get it i never have heard of it and then the last three people i spoke to have all mentioned it so there's obviously this real big sort of target market for it and i mentioned to her that is what you were doing and she was like I told you so if only they knew the hub for young business
0: minds this cannot be a coincidence like they're way too like crazy and it's like there's no way on earth this is a coincidence this is like as a direct result of what i did the other week and the positive thinking that i put in and all the visualization and stuff like that and then here it is in front of me
1: we're so programmed to be living in the 3d which is like the physicality of this world like I even say for people who are like skeptics, if you keep a journal and just take note of little synchronicities, you'll notice them stack up and it, it becomes like creepy at the start. But then after you just realize it's like actually magical, then you can realize like that's the way life is meant to be. And so much people use it against them. They are always focusing on what they don't want. What was the idea behind it and what made you really want to sort of push that out?
0: it's another weird journey really and again it just shows me how important networking is so i had somebody on my podcast last year called robert ic he's the uk's number one unconscious mind therapist so he's like the best of the best really in these fields so i got him on to speak about the mind and how young people can sort of develop a better mindset
1: if only they knew the hub for young business
0: minds. Diets don't work because they put too much restriction. They're restricted from crisp, a curry, pie and
1: mash. You can't have a Chinese at McDonald's. You can't go out with beer with your mates. So there's so much restriction. The restriction becomes so much more painful than you feeling fat.
0: Didn't think much of it. Thought it would be a good podcast. Then afterwards, we started chatting. And I, like I said, I've always been interested in the mind. So that was sort of in the back of my mind while speaking to him. Yeah, it just naturally came about because I was asking him more questions about how we can reprogram the brain, sort of get it to a better level just for myself personally. And then all of a sudden it switched. It's like, okay, you're talking about law of attraction, manifestation, visualization, all of these mad things. And I'm interested in it. Surely there's something we can do together. And yeah, it just so happened that week I was looking for journals anyway to sort of just jot down my journey. And yeah, we thought, why not create the Manifestation Journal? And it's in the early stages now, but we're hoping to get into a big retailer in the next few months. So we're sort of just waiting for the the papers to come through on that. And then, yeah, you'll hear all about it soon. But for now, we're trying to sort of keep it going up in the background, keep it brewing, and yeah, get ready for the big launch.
1: Because as lockdown played a bit of part in that, sort of pushing it back? I mean, was it something you've been speaking about for a while? Because I know obviously lockdown has delayed a lot of things, but yeah.
0: is it something that you were hoping would already be out now? Obviously, started last year, so we started it in the lockdown, but we did sort of expect it to be more of a quicker turnaround, and I've never been involved with retail or anything like that. So going down that retail route, I forgot sort of how heavily focused it is on paperwork and going back and forth and emails and you know it's just a very long process whereas I'm just used to social media so I'm just used to clicking the button it's out there for the world to see that's been an interesting journey in a few months time it'll be out and it'll all be worth it I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason can't say too much on what else I've got planned but it's with a tv show Yeah, I'm sort of hoping that the delay in the journal has sort of come at the right time for this TV show and then they can go hand in hand. And yeah, it'll be the perfect sort of summer, hopefully. A little exclusive going (laughs) on Love Island now. That's what it's going to (laughs) be. Yeah, yeah, I wish, I wish. (laughs)
1: See that's the thing that I, I want to speak to you about actually, because we're the same age, which I've just discovered. And a lot of the time, when you hear young entrepreneur, which is obviously something that I speak about quite a lot, and obviously you self speak about, it's a bit of a negative spin on it sometimes. What mm-hmm. I always think, people when they see that, they think finance cars, they think stuff like that, and there's always this sort of horrible sort of image around it. And one of your Instagram posts really cracked me up. It was when you were sat on your car, you're like, you're out here something, yeah. and you're like, I'm making money on my Ford or something like that, yeah. and it just <laughs> it cracked me up a lot because I was like, that it just sums up sort of young entrepreneurs. I know people that they're just sort of working nine to five they're really not enjoying their job but they've just financed the latest mercedes they're paying 600 pounds a month for it mm. and they're calling themselves a young entrepreneur and everyone's like looking at that and just be like oh it just gives you a bit of a bad name really yeah. when typical young entrepreneurs are absolute grafters to, it. A, to a different level when you've obviously interviewed some absolutely sort of
0: fantastic young entrepreneurs i mean what's sort of the key lessons that you've learned from them Mm. Well, firstly, that quote was making money in a Ford whilst you're faking money in a Benz. Because like you said, I was seeing that all the time. And I was like, you know, it's doing my head in seeing all these people sort of post, like, look at me join my trading group for like $9.99 a month or whatever. None of that sits right with me. So I just wanted to put out there the fact that I've got a Ford Ka for anyone interested. But yeah, the amount of mad things I've done in that car, business-wise, of course, has just sort of re- <laughs> as really sort of helped me and got me into a better position than those pretending in a Mercedes-Benz and taking all the photos, you know? So getting the work done, don't show it off as if you're doing something that you're not because it just doesn't, it might work for a few months, even a few years, but eventually it'll come to that point where you get caught out and it'll just tarnish your name. And that's sort of what everyone said on my podcast. There's been so many things really. It's just the main thing is, not to worry about what other people think as well, which almost contradicts that point about like the KA and the car, not caring what people think. Joe Long, who's the director of the UFC gyms, he said, don't be afraid to be a pest. Don't worry about what people may think when you're hitting them up for stuff. That really sat with me. He literally mentioned it for a minute, but that little minute of that sentence really stuck with me because it is so true. And it's something I've worried about, whether it's reaching out to somebody to be a guest on my podcast or reaching out for a deal or whatever it may be. I've always sort of thought, oh, what if they don't like me? Or what if they think this? What if they think that? But he was like, just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? If you don't ask, you don't get. So yeah, I think the, the main overriding theme is just be real just be true to who you are and you'll attract like-minded people and build that community rather than being fake attracting fake people it's bound to go wrong isn't it
1: I'm never afraid to reach out to people and stuff like that because I always think, well, they probably reach out to someone else. And if you catch them on a good day and they've just asked someone for something massive and they've got it, and then you're asking for them something that's such a minor little thing, they'll be like, oh, you know, someone just does something really nice for me. Let's do this. And everyone kind of forgets that as well. Like we did this big post about sort of kindness the other day. And I feel like having to rant on LinkedIn about people being kind in a recruitment process is crazy. It's actually mad to actually even remind people that's like my biggest advice and stuff. If you're polite and ask someone, people just see it as like, oh, look, there." as long as it's as well, it's not copied and pasted. That's the other thing. If you ask someone, you make it a bit personalised, actually show a bit of interest, people will help you. You must have learned that with a podcast. Some of the people that you guys have interviewed or sort of had like blog posts about, anything like that. If you don't ask, you don't get. And that was my key thing about trying to get people on. Is that one of the biggest lessons you've learned from it? Yeah. You say?
0: it's almost about timing as well like you might message somebody big today to come on the podcast or do something for you they might be having a good day they say yes but they might be having a bad day so they might just say no and just completely ignore it so it's all about timing as well and I guess if you want to call it luck call it luck last year that's why my podcast really picked up at the beginning because I was managing to get so many big names that I would never have been able to get if it weren't for the lockdown because all these big entrepreneurs that were out there and doing their thing and now sat at home thinking, oh my God, I need to get my name out there. I need to do this. I need to do that. So for me, it's perfect timing. And like you said, you don't ask, you don't get. So it is just about just putting your name out there. And what's the worst that can happen? You know, if someone says no, they say no. It's all in private. It's all done in the DM. So you're not going to get blasted for it. So yeah, just go and do it, I guess. Who's your dream guest to get on? <sighs> I've actually started writing a list last year. I started writing out my top 50 and I was like, I looked at it last week and I thought, wow, I really sort of undervalued myself. Like I didn't realise how little, I was thinking really small pictured. So it's like I can really extend that, you know. But some of the guests, I'm going to use this to actually tag them as well. So this will be, <laughs> this will be perfect. Grace Beverly, Eddie Hearn, Tommy Mallett. They're my top three, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I can see Neil Laughlin in the bottom there. And anyone
0: that's listening to so Neil's the producer here, because when we first started, he was like,
1: right at top 50. And I was like, but some of these are going to be so unrealistic, Reese Babora, He just said, like, you never know if they're going to jump on or even if they're going to reply. And Jamal Edwards was someone that was quite high up on my list because I love the stuff that he's done. And I, we sent him the invite and he just replied with, like, you're a sick guy, you know, I love the touch. And I was like, cool. So did you want to come on? Is <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. that
0: yes? Yeah, come on. <laughs>
1: was that next tuesday was that when you're free at 2 p.m yeah cool i'll send you a little calendar invite now who's been the one that you've come off the call with and just thought wow that was
0: unreal i had one which was the first episode of season two with an american guy same age as us actually 22 23 he's not a huge name or anything but what he was saying just rang true like He's got that very American David Goggins style of just sort of get up, do it, get it done, get an accountability buddy, which is something I never really heard of before, to sort of keep you on track with things. Eradicate as many excuses as you can and just go for it, which really resonated with me. I know this sounds mad, but literally every episode, I come away with at least one or two things that really changed my life in some way. Which it sounds a bit over the top, but it is so true. I always come away with a few takeaways that I think wow, Like I've been doing it wrong or I could really put this into practice and go to the next level. So yeah, I use the episodes as sort of like a therapy session as much as I can really because I've got so many thoughts in my head like running through all day long. So when I get the chance to speak to people that have been there and done that and sort of 10 steps ahead, it's good to get their opinion on it. So then I can say, oh my God, I'm so glad I mentioned it. Otherwise, I would have run into it that the brick wall that was right in front of me, sort of thing. So, yeah, it's just about sort of eradicating as many excuses and as many issues as early as possible. But yeah, all the episodes are powerful, if I do say so myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, we, I think we always talk about and wins and wins and positives, and I always try to turn sort of every negative situation into a positive, and that's something that I've sort of lived by now. And it's been such a nice thing to actually change my life with. But Has there ever been a time with, if only they knew, or any sort of business ventures that you've gone down that you've just thought, you know what? I'm going to sack it in. This isn't for me. And what happened when you were feeling like that?
0: Yeah, big time. Pretty much every other week. I'm not even going to lie. Like, literally, it is that bad. Like, sometimes I just think my mind is so sensitive to change so some days i will be high as high like you won't be able to stop me like i'll be like you know what, i'm doing this and even if you said no you can't do it i'll be like listen mate i'm doing it like i'll jump on the stage i'll do this i'll do this like i'll do anything and then some days i don't even want to get outside and i don't even want to be seen i don't even want to be heard back in i started my page in september 2017 started if only they knew and i think it may have been that later that year or the next year. I was sitting at home watching Gary V, watching all these YouTubers. I've really become like really involved in this like sort of entrepreneur world. And I was loving it initially. I was like, yes, do this, do that. But then I started realizing, okay, I, I feel like I'm not up to scratch. I got that imposter syndrome. I was like, I don't think I can actually be that person. I don't think I can be that confident extrovert out there smashing it and hustling and all these sort of key terms that people are throwing about.
1: I am not interested in judging people's hustle. I'm interested in telling people how I've accomplished what I've accomplished. I do think I've outworked people. That is a variable that feels in control. Somebody wants to start a YouTube show, if they do it 365 days a year versus somebody that does it 137 days a year and they're equally as talented, the person that does it 365 is gonna win.
0: Once that thought entered my head, it ruined me. And of course what made it worse was I was at a retail job that I hated. So I was waking up feeling crap, going to a job that I hated, making me feel even worse, coming home, trying to work on my side hobby, my passion. And felt even more worse, like, because I just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere with it. I remember sitting at home one day just before I was about to head off to this retail job. And I thought, you know what, I'm wasting my time. If only they knew I ain't getting anywhere, I'm going to cancel it. I'm just going to put out a post and say, thanks for the journey so far. Thanks to everyone that got involved. But, you know, I'm I'm calling it a day. So as I was typing that out, I was like almost in tears. Like I thought it don't seem like the right thing to do, but... It just didn't feel right to carry on either. I was in a really weird predicament. So I was typing it out. Then I got an email from Anissa Topan. And for those that don't know, that's a lady who went on The Apprentice 2017, I think it was. And the subject line, I believe, was I love what you're doing. And instantly it stopped me in my tracks. I thought, hold on, this can't be true. I thought it was fake. I thought it was like one of my mates winding me up. So I I clicked it. I thought it was spam or something like that. So I clicked it. And she basically just said nothing but I love what you're doing. Let me know if I can help out at all. If not, keep it up. I was like, wow, if that's not a sign, then I don't know what is. So I, I, I would jump back onto Instagram where I was writing out the message, just deleted it all, closed the app, replied to Anissa, and then we managed to do a few bits together like to sort of help get the page forward blogs and stuff like that but yeah that, i've had so many down days but whenever i do have those down days i think back to that moment and think wow if i would have given it up then i would never got to where i am now so in a few years time if i quit today where would i be I'd, I'd be ruined in a few years time so i'm making so much progress i just need to stick at it you know but yeah that was definitely a sign anyone that is sort of putting their name out there and promoting this sort of world of self-development and entrepreneurship, whatever it may be, I feel like we do have a responsibility to also show the flip side of that and say, look, I'm having a terrible day. Don't worry about if you're having a terrible day because we all get it. And I don't know what it is, but I honestly have this weird feeling that I will make more money I will get to a point where I feel happy and then I'll come crashing down again. I don't know what that is, but I've always had that feeling. Even since I was young, I was always like, I do want to get to that level of like having the cars and stuff, but which is where I'm sort of getting to now. But I almost don't want to because I know that I'm always scared of sort of losing it before I've even got it. There's always been that worry for me. Like I do want it, but I don't want it. And it is so hard to find that balance because I don't really care about money. It is more sort of, I guess, social conditioning that makes me think, you know, if I can get this car, then people think I'm doing well. If I put out a, a message saying, oh my God, yes, I just got this, just got that. I've always got that in the back of my mind, you know, like, yes, build myself up as somebody who's doing well, but I do know deep down that won't make me happy. So that's why I'm probably finding myself getting more into the mental health side of things and sort of providing more value on a interpersonal level, because that's really where my passion is don't really care about the money if i was caring about the money i'd just go and do like a a course an online course or i'd do something to sell and just make money in my sleep sort of thing but it's never really interested me and and i guess that's another big point as well like only doing what i'm passionate about which is something that i've always stuck to if i'm not passionate about it then i won't be doing it you know
1: and i think it's one of the most toxic things you can do is just keep trying to prove to other people that you don't care about and they don't care about you that you're doing well Mm -hmm. and you see it all the time and I, i might Sometimes we sat on Instagram and I might be po- about to post something. I think, why am I posting that? What am I doing? Yeah, like, no one cares. Like, no one's like, oh, I've just booked this sick thing. I'm going to do this and do that. Like, I get more replies if I put my dog up than I do if I, when I open our second office. Yeah. More replies my dog wearing a jumper. That's crazy. When you think of it like that, it's actually mad. And I think that's what I've taken a break of social media a couple of times. And it's actually so refreshing coming away from it and especially sort of working constantly. And I really like Gary Vee. I like all these people. But there's one thing that I really don't like, and it's people that promote working seven days a week. You have to work seven days a week. You have to work these 12-hour days. You're just going to graph, graph. It's like, well, yeah, you do need to do that. You actually need to have a good balance with it because you need to actually live your life as well. It's like you do need to take a break, take a step back, go on a holiday. I I speak to some people that I've been on a holiday for five years. I work seven days a week. And it's like,
0: why? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, yeah. You start off working so that you can have that freedom, but then you work that freedom away because you're constantly working. So it's sort of like a catch-22. Where do you draw the line?
1: But it is that mindset. I do feel a lot of like the YouTube business coaches and these kind of people that are supposed to be public figures promote this really unhealthy lifestyle mentally, let alone physically, but mentally as well. And everyone buys into
0: it. it's it's sad to see though isn't it because it is like so many young people are so easily influenced by what they see so like we said at the start of this conversation when people see that flashy car they think wow he's got a flashy car i have to sign up to his course if i want that flashy car oh wow he works all these hours well i need to work all these hours when really it's different for everyone like my route is I've been quite lucky with certain things. Like I said, with working with Robert Icy, that was just a podcast. Now it's turned into something that will be worth a lot of money very soon. As soon as that pen goes to paper and they sign the contract, I'll be sorted. You know what I mean? But you can't really plan for that. You can't say, well, I'll start up a page in uni and then... Two or three years later, I'll do a podcast and then I'll get someone on the podcast that will then help me like build a product that will then be worth however many millions, you know, you can't really predict that. So everyone's journey is completely different, which is why I sort of, I don't really pay attention anymore to what other people are doing. Because now I've seen, like you have, you've seen behind the curtain, you've seen that it's just a little man with a little megaphone. Like, it's not the grand wizard that you once thought it was. So for me, that's been a big eye-opener, sort of seeing the fact that I'm more sensitive to when people are trying to scam people and when people are lying, which is good for me. Uh, but like you said, it's just about getting that message out there so other young people don't fall for it. But yeah, it's it's a tough world out there, but just stick to your own path and you'll be fine, I think. So you're doing some about uh, Mindkite. I mean, for anyone that doesn't know what Mindkite is, can you just give us a quick sort of explanation? Yeah. Mindkite is a mental health organisation run by a man called Jamie Kerr. He came down from Scotland to sort of get away from a particular lifestyle and it just wasn't suiting his mental health. So he came down to London in search for a better life naturally found a small team of five or six people and we're really all naturally involved in mental health aside from the mind kite group so we've all come together and we're just pushing the flag really pushing the message of mental health and trying to get men especially in a better place mentally so they've got like podcasts and stuff and we're basically just using our list of huge influencers to get that message out there and, and really make a mark
1: Obviously, the whole point of this show is to help identify what your spike is, but also for listeners to be able to hear what your spike is, for them to see some similarities and hopefully to better inspire and motivate people as well. So the spike is the thing that you possess that's unique to you, that makes you stand out in a crowded market, that when you're in the room, it makes you who you
0: are and shine, basically. What do you think your spike is? So I've been having to think about this, and I don't know how to word it, but I think my spike, the thing that makes me unique, is the emotional intelligence. Now that sounds a bit weird, I know, but I think, like we've said throughout this whole conversation, like. The mental health side of things is so important and just being able to connect to someone on a personal level really does help. I've met so many people in the business world that think, you know, you just talk down to someone, you tell them what to do. And if they're feeling down, you say, you need to get up, you need to do this. Much like we said with Gary Vee, obviously does do a lot of more sort of fluffy stuff that really does help. And it, that sort of appeals to people like me. It's sort of a bit more sensitive. But yeah, that emotional intelligence, I think is just key to everything I've been able to do. Connecting with people on a real level, which helps get them into onto my podcast. And if I didn't have that emotional IQ, then I wouldn't have been able to sort of, like I said, with Robert Icy, I wouldn't have been able to work with him after the podcast was done, and really understand what makes each other tick and build something together. So for me, emotional intelligence is key for any young entrepreneur that's really looking to Make a difference if you want to make money, sure you don't have to have that emotional intelligence i don 't think you can do whatever you want, be as ruthless as you like. but if you really want to make a change above and beyond money, then I think emotional intelligence is the one
1: so it 's about being relatable as well isn 't it? Mm. I guess that kind of plays into it. I had a discussion with someone like no people buy from people that are similar to them. I was like no people buy from people it's yeah. simple as that and it's the same with you. i feel like i'm quite now invested into the brand if only they knew i mean i came across about a month two months ago now and i dropped you a message on linkedin probably about three weeks ago i think yeah. and seeing more about you and hearing more about you i can see that you're relatable that you have that sort of awareness of look, like, i'm not just going to talk rubbish about this i'm going to be real about things and it builds up this sort of brand image of this guy that is actually a really nice guy that's quite switched on and
0: is relatable simple as that and i think you've just basically touched on that with your spike really as well again every conversation i have it's all of there's always the running theme and i think this running theme is just that isn't it it's about being relatable being honest being open being true to yourself i think is key like i said maybe if you're in the sales world you might not need it especially but for me and the world i'm on the journey i'm on and that i'm focused and passionate about That emotion and that understanding of emotion of other people, like you said, understanding Lewis, understanding myself. I think having that understanding of somebody else's emotion is powerful, you know. And it's, again, something I learned without even meaning to for all the therapy stuff I've started getting into with Robert Issey. I did a course with him and he sort of taught me about it. And it was like, wow, you don't realize how many subconscious signs there are in a conversation that allow you to build rapport with someone just so many little things and it's like wow it's really opened up my eyes to how important that rapport and emotion is in a conversation you know
1: so when you're having these conversations with people is there anything that you really look for that kind of switches in your head that right this is going to be really valuable what they're about to say is going to be fantastic
0: like we've said in this conversation, that authenticity. First of all, if I look for that straight away. So there's a few telling signs of whether someone's authentic or not. And it's based on that idea of rapport. If we're talking now, say you're slightly leaned back like that. If I was to do that as well, subconsciously, whether you feel it or not directly, you'd think, oh, this guy's all right. And if I'm like, you're nodding your head, I'm nodding my head. It feels uncomfortable. Now, you know, I'm doing it. But if you didn't know I was doing it, (laughs) If I was to copy you exactly what you was doing, it would feel so uncomfortable because you know. But if you didn't know, your subconscious would be like, wow, this guy's amazing because he is he's leaning back, he's chilled out like me, he's on the same wavelength, you know. So for me, I look out for that. And thanks to Robert Icy, he'll be, he'll be loving all these shout-outs. But I learned that in his course. And he really helped me out. And it was something I didn't realize I was doing. And so now with my podcast for season two, that's exactly what I look out for. Whether someone's sort of crossed arms, not really interested, leaning back, matching what I'm doing. And if you can get onto that same thing with them, then it really does build that rapport. So that's the first thing with identifying and seeing an authentic person. That's one way to do it. But in terms of what they're actually saying, again, I don't know how I quite do it, but I guess it's fairly easy once you've seen the dark side of it. But I can see and feel whether somebody's telling the truth or not. And I guess that just comes from experience. Like I said, seeing the flip side of things, you can be like, you've got something to sort of refer to and say, hold on, that seems a bit too scammy for me. Or there's a thing where people say their course is something seven, so $997. Super affiliate system is a pyramid scheme. In the course, he teaches you how to promote the super affiliate system. But the main message of the course is, on how you can make money by promoting the super affiliate system. So he'll give you done-for-you funnels and email swipes and all of that to promote the super affiliate system. (laughs) It's a commonly known thing for people that are just sort of scamming people in some way or not providing real value. It's a known thing in that world. So without seeing that side of courses and the business world and sales, without seeing that, I would never be able to pick up on it. But now that I know... If somebody says, oh, my course is 997, I think I've got you. I've got ya. Something ain't right here. <laughs> I, know, I know there's something dodgy going on. So, yeah, it's just little things with experience, with the words people use. And then you can sort of almost, I know people say you shouldn't do this, but you can put them on one side of the fence. You know, you can say, hold on, you seem to be using words that I've heard all the good people say. So you're probably on the good side straight away. Or hold on, I've seen scammers and bad people use words or do certain things like that. So I put them in the bad side of things. And it is hard because then you start becoming really hypersensitive to it. And you may use a word you sort of looked at today, even though you're a great person, I might be thinking, you must know something that I don't like. You must be part of the bad crew, which may not necessarily be the case. It's a hard thing sort of reading body language and reading actual language because you do become really sensitive to it. But it is powerful if you know how to do it right, but it's a fine line, you know. So yeah, look at people's body language, how they're matching you. Or whether they're purposely doing the opposite to you because that is really a, a good sign of whether they're a good person and whether they're they should be trusted or not.
1: That's so true as well, because I'm um, obviously my background's recruitment, running a recruitment agency and in interviews all day. And you kinda know when someone's not telling the truth about their experience. And there's been the amount of times that I've been in an interview someone, I'm like, Oh, so what was it like when you were XYZ? I was about to name an occasion. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, it was yeah. really recent as well. True. And I was like, Oh, so what, what were you doing day to day? And they were talking about it, and I was like, hmm okay no and yeah. it was on zoom and as i did it i just went on their linkedin and pressed search and because you're not gonna lie you can't lie that much on it yeah. and their job title was admin but their cv said operations manager right. and i was like i'm on to you yeah. <laughs> yeah you've just been caught out then and it's the body language all changed it doesn't matter if you know that it happens mm-hmm. if you're going to do that you're it's going to happen as well to you yeah, yeah, And that's, that's why it. I think people will catch you out. There's no point doing it. Be yourself. That's the biggest thing, I think, what people can take away from this is be yourself. Don't try to be someone else because people will
0: like you for who you are and you'll actually do well for it. can try and look into it and work out whether someone is authentic or not but it's a dangerous road because like i've said i've become really hypersensitive to it and you're looking at everything you can at their eyes or whether they say something and they touch their nose and you're like boom got ya and you just keep that in the back of your head you're like that is a lie so whatever you've just said there i'm counting that as a lie but now i'm going to try and sort of double check and sort of yeah just confirm that what you said was a lie so i'll be asking you questions back just trying to trip you up even more And then you see the person start really like probably the person in your interview stuttering a little bit and getting a bit on the back foot. And then that's when you know you've got them. But yeah, it's a powerful tool being able to understand someone. And like I said, I feel like that is part of the emotional intelligence. I guess I'm not that intelligent academically, but I think my emotional intelligence does sort of help me out quite a bit.
1: I'm going to give a little shout out to someone who's going to be so excited
0: about this. So, there's a guy
1: that we deal with called Aaron from his Hawks uh, Academy, who we're speaking with, and uh, he's going to be so excited. I just mentioned his name. He's going to absolutely slate me if I just butchered how to say the company. But what he's so good at, and I wrote him a LinkedIn testimony earlier, is he's so personable and he's so relatable, and he'll just, he's just himself. And this is the best thing about him. If he came to me trying to be this really corporate person, a fact, I wouldn't have like invested personally in him as in actually got my time to know him, jumped on Zoom loads of times. But because he's himself and he's not trying to be someone else, and you can see that. Love him. I think he's a great guy. That's and it. it's what we spoke about there. It's being a relatable, being yourself. These things here that people are trying so hard to be someone different. Don't because who is that person that's not the person that you really like is who a lot of people try be especially sort of similar age to us like they're trying to be who well someone off love island someone that's an influencer or, or anything like that and realistically that's not who they are half the time like someone that i won't name him because he'll absolutely kill me for it But someone that i know went on a show similar for that i can't say the show name either or he'll know it's about him <laughs> I can try and say it's not about him right now and i think before he went on the show he was really trying to be someone that he wasn't went on the show came off and then had a bit of reality shock i think and realized that people didn't like who i was on the show and that wasn't me that was me trying to be someone else and he came off and started being himself and when he was himself everyone started loving him that's it and i remember having a chat with him or i think i've absolutely smashed at the time which is a common trend for a lot of the chats that i have with. i was speaking to about it with temps actually who's one of the other guests that i mentioned he came to pick his dog up so i looked after it for him for the weekend and i was just like absolutely hanging it was the most like, horrible experience <laughs> of my life but i had the chat with this guy after a few drinks and he said he realized that as well being relatable and stuff like that is the best way to be stop trying to pretend to be this other person because
0: who's saying that person is actually liked and people want to know them Say I've attracted 10 people, for example. Those 10 people, because they're like-minded, they understand my emotions, I understand theirs. They've been more powerful for me on every single level, whether it's a business level, a personal level, whatever level it may be. They've been more powerful than the 100 people that have come from my page and we haven't really connected because they're sort of, again, a bit false or just sort of we're not on the same wavelength. So again, find the people that relate to you and I think you'll build such a powerful community. And it's that old saying, isn't it? Quality over quantity.
1: For anyone that's gonna start a business or wants to do something similar to yourself, a study of marketing and wants
0: to put it in practice, what advice would you give them? Get started on something that you can actually put into practice like I did with If Only They Knew, I actually started a business in a sense i started that media group to test my business and marketing skills rather than reading books rather than listening to the lecturer and sort of knowing something i actually put it into practice so i could understand it on a deeper level and understand all the intricate things that you wouldn't have known if you didn't put it into practice if you want to start a career in marketing start a marketing page. I know somebody, I think the page is marketing examples or something like that, where they just tweet every day, a good piece of marketing. And through that, they build connections, they build a community, and they build experience and knowledge as well. So whatever you want to do, there's always something you could do on the side, even if it's just an Instagram page, like how if only their news started off, that will really get your foot into that theoretical door and sort of build your knowledge and experience way more than any book will. What's the best bit of advice someone has given you? I think I'd have to stick with what we said earlier about just being true to yourself, being authentic. It's like I said, it's been a a really strong theme throughout my whole podcast from episode one to episode 52, which we're now on in some way, even if the person didn't realize it or not, that's what they were saying. I had a few people on there that weren't true to themselves and you could go through the podcast and pick those people out so easily from the first minute because they were just pretending to be that persona that it just didn't sit right with how they was acting. It just was a bit, Oh, it was a bit painful to watch actually. it's quite cringy. So yeah, be true to yourself, be authentic. It's so simple, but once you really understand that and put it into practice, that's when it will really change your life. Like it has mine. Has there been anyone? And if so, why that you just thought halfway through just like, no, this isn't right yeah big time there's been a few there's literally been like two or three that they've still been nice lovely people but like i said just something hasn't sat right with me whether they've come on just to pitch or whether they've come on with that weird aura that weird sort of pretend personality where they're like yeah super salesman i'm the best salesman i'm this i'm that and it's like but are you though really like deep down like are you this amazing person you say to be because you don't seem happy to me like the the way you're acting, you're sort of constantly bigging yourself up. And somebody who is at a really strong level mentally and financially wouldn't necessarily have to keep reminding you of how good they are because it'd be quite obvious. So I think that's the main thing. People just pretending, people pitching. And there have been some people with just no story at all, really. That is just like, they've been nice people, but just a little bit it's been a bit flat like conversational wise but there's still some advice in there that you can take on the ones that i've hated are the ones that have just been not true to themselves at all
1: as you've heard ted has really nailed the art of communication and given great tips on how to connect with your prospects. has this episode helped you identify your spike if so let us know on social media you'll find all our channels at the Please do remember, if you enjoyed the show, use the button on your favourite streaming platforms to keep in touch.